This episode was brought to you by Nail It and Scale It, the world's leading fast growth program for business. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Unstoppable. And today's guest we have in the studio, live from Sydney, Ricardo Gutierrez. Ah, great. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> Perfect. Thank well, you. Mate, thank you so much. Um, we won't tell anyone that it just took me like four takes to get your name right. Now, <laughs> Ricardo, you are most well known for the, your podcast. You've got this incredible podcast called The Innovator Diaries, which you started in 2018. Mm. But uh, you've been working for over 20 years in marketing and sales. And in that, you have traveled to over 60 countries, 400 cities and six continents. Uh, and in the process, you've built an incredible amount of expertise and experience around the areas of sales, marketing and even social media. So I'm curious to know, I ask all of my guests when they come on the show this question. Mm. Now, uh, and I'm sure with your marketing finesse, you're probably going to have an incredible answer. When you're at a dinner party, and let's say you're at a dinner, dinner party with seven other people, uh, and then uh, you've only just got there, the conversation is, I guess you could say, at crossroads, and everything goes quiet, and someone turns to you, and the whole room goes silent, and they say, Ricardo, so what is it that you do? How do you answer that question? Well, basically, what I do is very simple. I have two, two things that I do. The first one through business is help international visitors find a place to live in Australia, find them the best solutions being individuals or groups. And the second one is through a podcast and trying to help the younger generation uh, through positive and optimistic messages. So yeah, that's, right. that's what I do basically. And so um, with the Innovator Diaries, the, this podcast that you launched in 2018, so what was mm -hmm. the, the genesis behind it? How did it all start? So it started as an individualistic kind of reason, like a selfish reason, because I was running my business. And when you're an employee, you have all sorts of professional development opportunities. You can talk to your boss, you can talk to lots of colleagues. And when you're on your own, that's it. Everybody comes to you, but you don't have anybody else to go to. And I thought, okay, I kind of feel stuck in, in, in that sense. How can I approach people that are much better than me, that have more experience. And, and I start thinking, if I approach you, let's say, and I don't know you, and I say, can we have a coffee and spend an hour uh, with me? You're going to say, look, I'm busy. I have other commitments. Or it's very hard for people to give you their time. So I thought uh, the, the podcast could be a good avenue to create that kind of flow for me to meet new people because you, you approach them in a sense that I want to interview you. What you've done is fantastic. It's great. Let's share not only your message with me, but with others. So it, it started that way. People started to say yes to me. But then that message started to reach others, you know, uh, lots of students, because my, my experience is basically in education, in the education industry. And people started to say, hey, that message was great. Uh, this episode helped me in this other way, in this way. And it became a much, much bigger pro project. And as you know, through your podcast, it, it's a fantastic project. It's, um, it makes you grow as a person. It, it, it makes you become a better listener, a better uh, question asker, and that helps you in business as well. You know? So mm. at the beginning, I was, I was kind of targeting the questions to things that I, I wanted to learn, but then it became uh, uh, something that other people wanted to learn and we, we kind of did it as a team. So 
it, that's how the podcast started and then it became a huge project. Yeah, wow. So how many, how many interviews have you done now since you've launched? So I started Innovator Diaries uh, with four friends. Uh, then it, now I have 150 interviews. But then in the wow. middle of that, at the beginning of last year, when the pandemic happened, I started uh, another mini podcast called Tips, uh, which is kind of like a micro uh, podcast, which is five minute episodes, very yeah, specific nice. on very specific topics. So, for example, we were talking about problem solving, about optimism, about traveling, about any sort of topics that are interesting for students uh, to help them because in, in at least in Australia, international students were hardly hit, you know, like these people are away from family, are, are in a completely different country, uh, they don't have the support system they have at home, they're here in a different language with nobody, uh, uh, so they were really hard hit and I was trying to give them uh, targeted messages uh, in that way. So yeah, right. uh, yeah no, so now I have two podcasts. Uh, it's a lot of work, but yeah, it's it's good. It's good. And how's the the short the short form podcast going? Is it being received well? You're getting lots of downloads? Yeah, it's been well. Um and it's been getting a lot of um positive uh, I suppose reviews from people in the industry. So people like let's say working in 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 universities and, and director of offices uh, have participated. So this is actually, it's been working well. Fantastic. And so where does your story begin? Um, you've clearly got a bit of an accent. I'm going to assume mm -hmm. that you didn't start your journey in Australia. Where does um, your, your life journey begin when you tell it? So I'm from Colombia. I was born in Colombia and I was raised uh, in Colombia for the first 23 years and I arrived in Australia when I was 24 to my master's degree. So I finished architecture back home. And uh, when I finished the degree, the country went into an economic crisis and I was like jobless. I had the skill, but no, no job. So after looking for six months, one day my, my dad called me in and, and it was like a family reunion. And he said, look, we love you, but there is nothing here. It's nothing is happening. So why don't you look for opportunities overseas? And I started looking for courses in England, Spain, and Australia. And all three became a reality, but England was too expensive. So that was kind of a dream. Spain was really appealing, but it was in the same language. And then I looked at Australia and I said, it's perfect. There's job opportunities. It's for two years. In, it's in English, which I, I wanted to practice. And, and it, it, I came, loved it, and, and it's been 22 years now. Yeah, right. And so you, when you first came over, you did your master's degree? Yeah. So I came to uh, my master's in energy conservation. So it design science, wow. energy conservation. So basically sustainable design in architecture, how to use uh, natural ventilation, shading, light, all that stuff, uh, materials, yeah, right. uh, all that. And so how do you go from doing a degree in architecture, uh, doing your master's to where you are now? Like what's, what, what happened in the middle? So I started architecture. I, I, when I was going into uni, I think my two passions were, has always been design and the, crea the creative arts. So I was uh, juggling between graphic design and architecture. 
and at the time architecture was better paid uh, so i chose architecture and i went through that but then when i started working here in australia as an architect um, i started to do the documentation which has very it's very technical it's very important because it's how things are built uh, but I, my passion is in the creative part, how to design spaces mm. and, and things like that. So I started to dislike the job. And uh, it actually took me a year to, to change careers because I started kind of halfway. Uh, I went part-time in architecture and then I started to work part-time in, in marketing at, at, the un at the university in at Sydney Uni. And I, one day I realized, yep, yeah, I'm enjoying much more this job with, with university, with students, with traveling, rather than staying in the office doing documentation. And that's actually one of the most difficult decisions I've, I've ever had to do in my life because you spent, or I spent five years in the bachelor's degree of architecture, then I spent mm. two years in the master's degree, then I worked wow. two years in architecture and all my network at the time all my friends were architects and everybody yeah, was wow. telling me are you crazy why are you wasting all the time like what are you doing and it's a lot of time effort money tears <laughs> it's everything basically that you think it's gonna be wasted but then i finally did and i think it was a very good decision because my passion is still there i still if let's say a friend tells me I'm, i want to renovate i just look at that plan and i keep myself updated, um, but uh, it, it's not the job anymore. It's my passion, you know, and then mm. I just moved slowly. But that transition was very, 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 very hard. Do you think that transition was made easier by the fact that you stepped into a creative field whilst you're at university? Because whilst you're at university doing your master's, that's when you started working in the area of marketing and creative. Is that right? So is that 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 story is kind of organic it didn't it wasn't yeah. planned so yeah. so i started working in in the faculty doing their their website and their brochures and their flyers and everything and then one day my boss said look you're you're colombian why don't you go and uh, and to colombia and promote the university the faculty i said great so i went there and then we became the faculty with the most latinos in the university uh, but right? with the with the most Colombians, then I went to Latin America. We became the, the faculty with the most Latinos, and that was in two thousand one. So that was like back then. So what was it that and you did that was so cut through? Because uh, I, I think it, it seems like you had a, a natural knack, or what was it? Well, I think I'm uh, I'm good with people. I I think I'm an optimistic person, so I just focus on the positives, not not, not the negatives, and so. That's the way I, I talk, I, I think. And the other important thing is that at that time, I suppose most of the people traveling were Australians. They were not native. So I mm -hmm. came with the language. I came with, the, with my story, which is very important. And, and that's why I think when you have your business, the, the best way of selling is through, through the story of your clients, not you selling your product, but others talking positively about your product. So I came and I said, look, I, I was a student two years ago, just like you are right now. I had that dream or go, of going to Australia. And these are the steps I took to get to where I am right now. 
So it was a real kind of thing. Like it became, I was turning their dreams to a, a real thing of how to do it. And if I was able to do it, which I, I have nothing special, anybody could do it. So they, it started to, to happen that way. Yeah, right. And it seems to me like you had a, a natural affinity with that market, but you also at some point moved into the social media side as well. Was that about that time or did, was that, did that come after? Yeah, so at, the, at that time I finished my, my I, I turned my master's into a graduate diploma uh, because I did the, the subjects I was interested in in the first year. And then the second year was kind of elective. So and I said, instead of doing that, I'm going to try to find another degree. And I did the Master of Multimedia Design, which included yeah, a little right. bit of marketing and all that. And because I was uh, taking care of um, the website and publications of the faculty, I then moved to Central in International for the uni. And I managed their social media and, and, and everything for them. So, so that became kind of like a natural progression as well. And, and it, it just started working as well. Hmm. And you, you, you thrived in that space because I understand you improved their, their stats by over 250% and lead generation by 299%. What was it that, because it's one thing to be good at multimedia design and you know, have an eye for design, which it sounds like was a little bit of your, in your roots with architecture. And I can see just by your back, background, your house is incredibly well put together. Um, <laughs> Thank but, you. But I'm curious to know, like, how did that then translate from a conversion perspective to be able to, you know, get some some traction and, and, and actually be effective as a marketer, not just making things look good? What was it that you did to cut through? I think at the time, I don't know if I was lucky or, or if it was well done, but at the time there was little or no interaction with the students as such. So we mm -hmm. started to, to put that as a priority. So start to involve them into into the, the channels they created the message not us as staff creating the message uh, just putting the students with which were the also the prospective uh, clients and prospective uh, viewers of the social channel as the center of the stage uh, so I think that's that's the main thing like we start to do, uh, competitions with the students, for the students and, and that was the main thing and that started to work so I think uh, before you you as a staff member okay what can we do and you start to plan things you start to create strategies do you start to do things to for your your uh, clients or your users but what I did is okay now let's bring them in what do they think what do they want to do what are their goals what do they want to see and okay use them to create that as well. So it started to work as well and it started to grow. And obviously that growth was starting from very, a very little base. And now right. I, I don't think you could achieve those th that growth if, if you had a big base of, of users. Yeah, right. So you were there was a really good, um, uh, it was um, skills, talent and timing coming converging all at once. I think timing was very like, important in, in that case yeah right and so you also mentioned your other business you you help students um and groups find um places to live in accommodation so i'm going to assume that did that naturally come about as you being well networked within 
the Colombian and Latin American community and people obviously, you know, you're obviously heavily networked, not just in that community, with students as well, both through social media and through the universities. Was that just a natural opportunity you saw? How did that come to fruition? So I, I was working in the international education industry and I was traveling quite a lot. I started in Latin America, then I had the opportunity to take over uh, Indonesia, Thailand. I uh, participated in the Middle East as well. I started to go to international conferences. I started to attend conferences uh, with the government. And in the kind of message uh, in all of these kind of little parts of the industry was consistent that there was an issue with student accommodation. Accommodation was uh, an issue because a lot of people couldn't find places to live or they couldn't find decent places to live or, or a lot of students were getting scammed. Mm, like it was a, a, a real problem. So I, I thought, okay, who's doing this? So I started to do a little bit of research and, and there wasn't real solutions. Like there was a lot of people putting a lot of money into um, something called PBSA, which is purpose-built student accommodation, which are fantastic buildings, um, but they are not cheap, you know, and, and they are targeting a cer certain types of, of students mm, because of the cost. They, they offer great services, great facilities, brand new things, and it's, they're amazing pla uh, places. But the, the normal student, they come with very limited budgets. So, I started to think, okay, we, we need to help everybody. Why don't I create something that, that helps most of the people? Um, and that's how it started. It was kind of a gap in the, in the system. I kind of identified that. I started to work in the, in the business. And then while working and helping these individual students, I started to identify, okay, nobody's helping groups. The groups coming, let's say, from partner universities, uh, they need also somewhere to stay and, and there's kind of a gap in the system and I start to help groups and delegations as well. So th it was the, the first the first group, which was not the first group, the first uh, type of clients, which are the individuals, is while I was working in the industry and then the groups, which is the second type of clients, uh, was identified, w identified while working in the, in the business. Yeah, right. And how long has that business been running now? So it's been five years now. Uh, it was going great, but then COVID came. Then COVID um, hit. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's unfortunate because it's, it's nobody's fault, but it was going great. Uh, we had around 20 groups, 20 to 25 groups, uh, also not booked, booked, but they, they prepaid the, the 10%. They were coming in 2020. And then COVID hit, and in two weeks, the first two weeks, everybody cancelled, refunds done, all gone. And then yeah, I right. started to think, okay, how can I <laughs> get some, some clients? But then uh, domestic travel, it stopped as well. It, like yeah, right. everything, every single strategy for the first six months that I tried was gone because of the different types of measures the government took. So first they closed borders, then they closed uh, the, the, the states, closed their borders, and then nobody traveled. The people started to lose budgets for traveling. Then they started to say no. And, and yeah, it's basically it's in hibernation right now. The business is 
very much alive. Yep. We keep yep. on uh, passing messages, messages to the, to the clients, to the partners. Um, but yeah, it's it's a moment of for the industry for because I'm kind of a hybrid between education and traveling, where right. the, the whole the whole industry is it's in a in in a bad shape basically. Yeah, right. And when do you? Obviously, it's a crystal ball kind of thing right now. But mm. um, are you are you still promoting into 2021 at this point, or are you going to basically hold off until? There's some yeah. some kind of understanding around what travel is going to look like and whether people need a vaccination certificate and all yeah, that jazz. Yeah, and I th I think um, I think looking at what has happened until now uh, in Australia, at least every time there's a, a one case in Brisbane, the whole city closes. Yeah, the, whole the, the state just, yeah. uh, the states close. Uh, three cases in in Melbourne. Everything is blocked, you know. Like, yeah. And I think if that's happening with so very little numbers, mm. and that's with domestic travel, I cannot imagine yeah. that happening for overseas. Uh, not not locals, but international people coming into the country. So I think the reality is that 2021 is gone. I think that's the reality. There's thousands, tens of thousands of Australians still trying to come to, to Australia. They haven't yeah. been able to do so. So I think the reality is perhaps second semester 2022. So June, July 2022. Yeah, fingers so crossed. The, the, I think the, the positives of all of this um, in my eyes have been that the business has a very good branding right now and and i think yeah. i understood what r branding is when this crisis hit because i the way you react when there's a problem the way uh, your business treats clients and uh, uh, when there's an issue is how they see you you know like when mm. the crisis hit i did everything in my power to refund until the last cent which i did and now my clients are saying look when when things happen again when when the borders open you're the first one we're gonna contact you know so that's fantastic i think that's that's great because uh, at one stage you're like okay what's gonna happen when is it when is this gonna happen and and the other thing that happened which is the silver lining i suppose it's when that was happening negatively and, and very difficult times with the business i started to say okay what can i do to to I need something positive in my life right now. And that was the podcast, you know, and, and the podcast has been fantastic mm. because at one stage I thought, okay, I'm going to start contacting people that are like really on top. And, and these people were suffering as well. People, I suppose it happened to you, people that were speaking uh, to full stadiums were stuck at home. So they started mm. to say yes to, to the interviews and that was great. That's fantastic. And so the podcast is going well. Who's been the the, the, the standout or what's been one of the standout um, interviews that you've done so far and, and what is the information that you, you gleaned from that that you've shared with your audience that's had the greatest impact? That's a hard question because in all honesty, and I'm not trying to be politically correct here, everybody is has a special thing, you know, but yeah. what I... One, one of the questions I ask everybody at the end, which I shouldn't tell you is because I'm going to interview you after, <laughs> is 
how do you what success for you and how do you measure yeah. success you know like yeah and and the most what amazes me is that not one person has mentioned money not one yeah yeah they say not look surprising. it's important because that that gives you freedom but success is something else and i'm like it, that's great you know like it's it's perhaps sleeping well at night it's perhaps uh, uh, having uh, good friends or whatever it is but nobody's mentioning money and these are people mm. that reach everything they wanted in life or are doing so um that have and i can see here from the, some of the lineup that you've got you've had some incredible guests on the show um and um, one in particular drayton bird um i'm a i'm a fan of drayton bird the, the copywriting legend uh, best-selling yeah. author and lifetime uh, achievement awardee um what was he like great very yeah. to the point uh, very to the point in fact very he, blunt he, he thought i was a copywriter and is that right and I, and I said no i'm not and he was like why are you talking to me and i was like because i'm <laughs> curious you, you you're the best copywriter there is uh, so i wanted to talk to you and he said that's great because all the interviews i do are by copywriters and they they ask exactly the same thing and yeah, you can see great. that you're curious in different things and that's very yeah. important for so everything important. you need to be curious in different things because if you just are curious in some topics you yeah i i think yes it's important to specialize and to become good at what you do but it's also important to be curious ab about other things because everything that's else. how you learn how to solve different problems in different ways so true. it's the same as as traveling i suppose yeah very true Ricardo, thank you so much, mate. I really enjoyed this conversation today. So if people want to find out more about uh, the podcast, The Innovator Diaries, where can they go to find out more, mate? Just go to innovatordiaries.com uh, or go to Spotify or Apple Podcast or wherever you find your podcast and, and you can find us there. And if you're interested in the business, it's called Betsy, Bets Students International. So Betsy.com. Fantastic. We'll put all the details below. But, mate, thank you so much for your time and sharing your story. Thank you, Kevin. It was great. This episode is brought to you by Nail It and Scale It, the world's leading fast growth program for businesses. If you have ever wanted to grow your business faster than what you can right now, if you need to make more revenue, if you need more leads, if you need more clients, if you need to know how to plan your business in a strategic way in order to hit big goals, if you need to learn how to scale your business and grow your team and your business so that you have more freedom, then this program is for you. Imagine three days immersed with me where we cover all aspects of business. Where we do it from an immersive but also an execution standpoint. We execute every step of the way and we're looking at five key areas we're looking at your psychology we're looking at your marketing your sales your leadership and we're looking at your planning and how we integrate these five key areas to grow your business and your brand quickly so if you'd like to find out more information kerwinray.com